It's the E-Commerce Minute, your daily dose of e-commerce, tech, and retail news with your host, John Suter, Bart Moraz, and Brittany Blackman. The E-Commerce Minute is a production of Sumo Heavy, a digital commerce consulting firm located in Brooklyn, New York, and Philadelphia. Find us on the web at sumoheavy.com. It's E-Commerce Minute episode 769. In this episode, hey, we're back. The gang gets back together. So we're back, sort of. Uh, Our last episode was in August, August 6, 2020, to be exact. By the time we had published on that episode, we all felt like we needed a little break. A daily news podcast for three years straight is a lot of work. As much as we loved doing the podcast, we were getting a little, shall we say, burned out. And this is not what we do full-time. Sumo Heavy is an e-commerce consulting firm. We've got a lot of other responsibilities during the week that have only multiplied as the firm grows. So we realized that the time we spent working on this podcast was keeping us away from other marketing opportunities. Let's fast forward to late October, actually, last week. Like everyone else, we're 100% remote. So our conversations 90% of the time take place via Slack and the rest in Zoom. So we really don't see each other face to face too much. But we're always trading stories and links about business in our channel. And maybe it's just muscle memory or, or a callus in my brain. But I kept thinking, man, this would make a great story for the podcast. Well, I finally came out and made my feelings known this week. And it turns out my co-hosts, Bart and Brittany, felt the same way. They too miss doing the podcast. So while we'll probably never go back to doing a daily podcast, although nothing is a sure thing anymore, 2020, we're going to try something a little different. We're going to put out a weekly, for now, weekly episodes, but we won't just cover one topic. We'll pick and discuss a few stories from the week about e-commerce. We'll try to keep it short and sweet like the old shows, but instead try and pack as much info into each episode. Uh, The plan is probably to publish it on Friday mornings, and we'll see how that works because I don't know, maybe some of you would rather see it on a Monday. We don't know. If you have any thoughts or feelings about that, drop us a line on our website or social media. We are at Sumo Heavy everywhere. One final note, we do have another podcast called In the Ring. In the Ring combines interviews with e-commerce leaders together with the latest news and strategies to give listeners actionable ideas and inspiration for their e-commerce businesses. We've had some great interviews with CEOs and founders like Ashley Merle of Lunia, Matthew Parvis of Fresh Clean Teas, Anthony Bucci, founder of Revzilla, and a great conversation with a friend of the show, Rick Watson, among others. So go check it out. It's called In the Ring with Sumo Heavy, available wherever you get your podcast. So with that business out of the way, let's get to our first story. First story of the week, TikTok teams up with Shopify. This week, TikTok announced a global partnership with Shopify that will help merchants create and run campaigns directly geared towards TikTok's highly engaged community. Merchants can use their TikTok for business account to launch in-feed shoppable video ads in Shopify. Shopify currently has more than 1 million merchants, while TikTok has 100 million monthly active users in the U.S. What do you guys think of this one? Duh. <laughs> Duh. I, I mean, think... how, long, how long is Instagram going to take? <laughs> you got yeah. five minutes. Two. <laughs> I think that there's literally no better app to team up with Shopify and here's why the targeting on TikTok is unlike anything I have ever seen in my life the algorithms for TikTok are so much better than any other algorithm so it's going to be so easy to target and manipulate things because like for example 
my TikTok feed is One Direction, pop culture, Jersey Shore, <laughs> like down to the shoes I bought last week. Like they yeah. know it's that, so crazy. Well, they, that, they do it by individual, right? They're not do it by like exactly a category. They're very specific right. to you, which is yeah, and that's absolutely insane. That's their secret sauce. You know, the algorithm yeah. is really tuned. I mean, you get you go on to TikTok and you start watching. If you, you know, my TikTok is you know obviously <laughs> mine is. A bunch of guys doing barbecue, cooking, <laughs> home improvement, yep. and iOS 14 tips for some reason, which are I get sucked into and I keep watching them. So yeah, so the algorithm is finally tuned and you're going to get people in there. But Bart, we've had many discussions over the years about shoppable video and how mm-hmm. it's grown and we put out some content around that. And now it's here and now it's suddenly exploding. And I think what's the saying we like to use is never let a crisis go to waste. COVID has presented a great opportunity for not only e-commerce, but people to sell things online via video. There's a few examples out there of not being on a platform, so to speak, but maybe just doing live Facebook videos. These little boutiques that used to rely on foot traffic are now doing a killing because they have a following and they just basically stand there and roll out their inventory and hold up a sweatshirt and say, okay, this is extra large, this is extra small. And people are buying this stuff online just that way. Mm -hmm. Imagine doing this on TikTok with a good Shopify store. Holy crap. We got to keep an eye on this one because I think this one is going to be a home run. There's some information about this. It lets the merchants create, run, and optimize TikTok marketing campaigns directly from the Shopify dashboard using the new TikTok channel app from the Shopify app store. So it's all done through the app. That's really great. It's part of the effort. Shopify merchants can also install or or connect their TikTok pixel, their tool that helps them more easily track conversions driven by their TikTok campaigns. To kick off the partnership, merchants are being offered a $300 ad credit to get started with their first TikTok campaign. Mm. And as we know, Walmart was sniffing around TikTok for a while. They're still in talks to acquire a 7.5% stake of TikTok, which completely makes sense now, even more so with (laughs) e-commerce baked into it. So it's all coming together for TikTok. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with the government because there was some things going on. I've only kind of half been paying attention to it because I kind of thought it was going to go away. But nah. something with the government was going to shut, try to shut down TikTok or there was a lawsuit or something. Bart, do you need to know anything more about that? You know what? It, it's so convoluted. It, it, it's pointless to right? even go through I, it. That's it's why I basically, if it goes away, yeah, it doesn't matter. Because I thought it was just going to be a whiff. It's going to be one of those like bluster and we're going to threaten China and then it'll go away because money talks. But I, I don't know. So some decisions supposed to be made in the middle of November. We'll keep an eye on that. And not to be outdone, Instagram has extended its limit on live streams from 60 minutes to four hours. How about that? Yeah, that still doesn't matter. Oh my God. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's what they're trying to do is they want people to do these little shows on there and, and you know, fashion and, and shoppable video is perfect for that kind of thing. So can we put um, a link in the feed for, for the love of God? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the company released badges in Instagram Live this month, which can be priced at $0.99, cents, $1.99, or $4.99 by creators to incentivize their fans. And to wrap up the shoppable video thing, you know, Google is testing on-site shopping features for YouTube. Snapchat is piloting virtual branded profiles. And between Instagram TV Reels and the OG feed, there's not a surface on Instagram that isn't shoppable. So all the tools are coming together. My only concern is the dilution of all, you know, between all these tools, where does an e-commerce merchant stake their claim? Where do they, where do they, you know, where do they feel is the best? And I guess it's just, you know, testing, testing, testing. 
because you got to get to really know your audience. It also depends on what you're selling to, yeah, you know, or right. audience. But I mean, if you look at TikTok, I mean, back to algorithm, I think they're the winner for everybody, right? Because you're not just like if John, you just said you watch barbecues, right? Mm-hmm. If you're watching all barbecue stuff, people who are selling barbecue things should sell on it, right? Or construction or anything else. Like yeah. it's one of the biggest. Like if you're selling online or can. It's gonna be huge. Yeah. So and, and things like clothing and things for barbecue, there's stuff that are perfectly made for for e-commerce. I used to think like who would buy a sofa in e-commerce, but yeah, but if you look at that, like we, we go back, right, we go back to like youngster stuff. But if you think about it, if you have a guy showing you how to put uh cement floor down and he mm-hmm. has new drills or whatever else, you're gonna go buy it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's it's perfect. Definitely gonna keep an eye on this one. I kind of want to bring up about Instagram, though, is I have noticed because of the shift, the big shift to focus on more influencer created content, you know, profitable content, small creators on Instagram are getting so screwed over, like so many small businesses, small people that I know, like Instagram's their least favorite app because now it's even making our timeline algorithm in favor of shoppable content, in favor of influencers, in favor of celebrities selling stuff to the point where I don't even see my friends' random pictures on my feed anymore. And I think that's going to be a really big issue with Instagram because, yeah, their influencers are going to thrive, but they're going to start losing like casual core, the core users. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, will, I will agree with what you just said there, and I will give it from my perspective as a designer and someone who used to use Instagram to showcase their work, my algorithm got smooshed. All my other designer friends say the same things. It's not, you know, and I have a, I have a Instagram quote unquote business account, which is linked to my Facebook page. And listen, I'm no influencer. I would be lucky if I got a hundred likes on, you know, a drawing that I would post. And I basically using the same sort of handcrafted hashtags that I've developed over the last, you know, six or seven years, it's going down to nothing. It's, exactly. like, it's like I'm gone. It's like I'm being hidden. Um, TikTok, is, TikTok is basically where it's at right now. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who doesn't know how to do video better learn soon if they want to sell anything online. That's yeah. the, the moral of the story there. And, and how about them stories in LinkedIn? Never mind. Next story. <laughs> stories on LinkedIn. You showed me that. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> and it's not. And we don't have to talk about it. Next story, John. Uh, all right. We're going to do a couple stories on Amazon. Amazon work from home. Amazon has announced that it would extend its work from home option for many corporate employees through June 2021. The new deadline on the work from home option adds an additional six months to when Amazon had targeted a full return to the office. I could get into a couple details here. Other tech giants like Uber, Apple, Twitter, and Facebook have allowed employees to work remotely through mid-2021. And as announced last week, or I believe it was the week before, Microsoft said permanent work from home. I bring this up not only because it is Amazon, but it also represents a big shift in the way people work and also the way people shop. I will get into the shopping part of it because we already understand the work part of it. First part of it is the way the tech companies are going to uh, behave now. So you have companies like Google who on the side are always looking for opportunities to to help people work better or function better, or they're always looking for the next Gmail, the next AdWords. We, I think that they're going to be more focused on how to make working from home easier. So you may see a Zoom competitor or some other type of tool just come out of the woodwork just because people are working differently. 
that okay. being said, that's that's kind of Captain Obvious there. The second part is dollar spending for people who work at home. You've got you've got two types of consumers. So now you've got the the person who says, "Well, I can work from home. I'm going to move to Miami because I don't need to live in a cold climate anymore." And the other one that goes. I am stuck in my apartment or I'm stuck in this house. I'm going to spend money to make my house better or make my workspace better. So what you're going to see going through the roof is, you know, places like crate and barrel and home improvement stuff, people spending on buying a new desk, buying new office equipment. I mean, if you even tried three months ago to find uh, webcam lights, they're sold out Mm. everywhere. Like you just cannot find that. So I think there's going to be a big shift in spending for people who are adapting to a work at home environment but also you you look at spending on groceries and because you're home all the time and and you know you used to be able to eat out in the office you know yeah. what I mean like it changes yeah. what what's happening there and then internet forget it like internet is like just drowning right now because nobody really has company type of internet like i was in the office the other day and i was like oh my god i miss it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, and you know, and you're going to get that spending, and and especially as we head into the winter, you know, we're up in the Northeast, so we, you know, sort of enjoyed dining outside, as as it were. What's going to happen in the winter? We're going to be back in our houses, and we're going to just, you know, fortunate that we're we're able to say this, but we'll have that expendable income that we would have spent going out. Where we're we going to spend it? Well, we're just going to be shopping online. So <laughs> yep. I think for fourth quarter for e-commerce goes without saying, it's going to be out of this world. It, this is a second extension of Amazon's work from home policy. They had previously extended the policy from the end of October to January, and now has extended it from January to June. And I'll bet you dollars to donuts, it goes from June to December, but we'll see, a lot could happen in the next six to eight months. All right, we've got another weird Amazon story here. We'll call this the Amazon Swedish snafu. Amazon mistranslated some product descriptions and showed the wrong flag on its new Nordic online store in Sweden. (laughs) Uh, Shoppers in Sweden can now order products through Amazon.se, which they launched with some glitches. Upon launch, Amazon mistook the Argentinian flag for Sweden's. Many of the products, this is the the bad part here, many of the product descriptions had faulty English to Swedish translation. For example, several products included the word Voldtakt, which means rape in Swedish. Instead of raps, the Swedish word for plant. <laughs> the oh, company has encouraged oh my God. <laughs> the company has encouraged people to report the issue. Ouch. The site has 150 million products in 30 categories. Shoppers who spend more than SEK 229 or $26 on orders fulfilled by Amazon get free delivery. In addition to the new domain name, Amazon has a new logistics system and new marketing plan in Sweden, which is Europe's. 10th largest economy by GDP. Amazon also has online stores in the UK, Germany, France, Italy, Spain, and the Netherlands. I think us in the US, we don't realize that these are all separate websites and not everybody in the world just goes to amazon.com. These are all separate properties run separately. Almost, I mean, Bart, would you say they're almost separate companies that run? Uh, no, but the, by geography, they have to be. And I believe there's, it depends what they're selling to because not everything right. you can sell here. Like there's so much, international commerce is all over the place. And, the, you know, it, it, it's a big snafu. They should know better. It's Amazon, obviously. But translation is hard because not only you have to translate what it is product-wise, then you're doing money. I mean, transactional stuff is all over the place. 
shipping. Like there's, there's a lot to it. You know, we take it for granted because everything here is in English and most stores that even if you buy for OTC shops, they're usually English and Google does a good translation on it if they don't. But the other way around is, is really just not looking at it. The problem with it now is especially this year, it, it, <laughs> it shows you how problematic that is because e-commerce has exploded all over the world. So yeah. it was like it had huge, huge opportunity, you know, was the stat was like e-commerce in the US was, was only like 2% or 3%. Besides this year, this year is just obviously insane. Yeah, everything. Uh, <laughs> the slate wiped clean this year. Yeah, the mu- multiplication of everything is kind of yep. nutty. But it's still not all retail, right? Yep. And then you have the rest of the globe, you know. it's E-commerce has been a big, big thing everywhere now. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, we haven't even taken in, into consideration you know, the Asian market, uh, which is a whole behemoth into itself, which... Yeah. Is going to basically swallow us whole at one point, I think. But if you're Amazon, <laughs> you should know better about these glitches. <laughs> it's also kind of interesting to consider. Lockdown is different for everywhere right now. So I'm sure that's going to affect e-commerce differently in places that are open, places that you can go to stores and stuff like that. So I think it'll be interesting to actually see like in a graph form, e-commerce across places that have less restrictions, more restrictions, et cetera. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Unfortunately, a lot of the countries that opened are closing again. Germany is going through a four-week lockdown. I believe France is going to follow suit. Mm-hmm. Cases are up in, I believe, Japan, but nowhere, nowhere near where the U.S. is. And there's a couple other hotspots in the world. Nowhere, um, nobody only, near anywhere. The only safe place, I think, is New Zealand. <laughs> Oh, I envy them. Oh, so do I. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next story. Amazon scammer nets $165,000. A Florida woman is accused of receiving $165,000 from Amazon in shipping cost reimbursements that she never paid. Hoi Timba, 32, was arrested after authorities say she made it appear as though she paid to return packages, but instead used old prepaid labels from Amazon. So Timba was... (laughs) Oh, God. You know, $165,000. Okay, Timba was reimbursed $399 apiece for 42,000 returns between that's, March that's, 25th. That's the crazy part about it. Sorry, right? John, I had to jump in there. Like, it's $165,000. I get it. But at $4 a piece? At $4 a piece. <laughs> I appreciate the dedication to the craft, but at some point, you got to realize you're, you're going to get caught. So she was reimbursed $399 a piece for 42,000 returns between March 2015 and August 2020. To accomplish the scam, Timba allegedly uses 31 Amazon accounts linked to the same address in a Tampa suburb, Florida woman. At least 11, <laughs> at least 11 of the accounts were suspended. Timba was charged with second-degree grand theft, which carries a fine of up to $10,000 and a max of 15 years in prison. She was released from jail on $7,500. <laughs> and that is you know what i'm quit still watch- i'm still stuck on 399 piece for 42 thousand returns so the moral of the story is quit while you're ahead you know like everyone stumbles upon this like you know you get that oh i accidentally sent you two of the same thing or i accidentally gave you a credit for something okay yeah but don't maybe quit at forty thousand. She, she kept going man Forty-two thousand returns that's all right I don't know. Uh, Someone say don't knock the hustle, but this woman's just stupid. I yeah. just, I know, but like, I still, how, how is Amazon not noticing this at like 10,000? At 10,000 or 500. Like, that's or what or I'm or thinking. Or like five. 
Like, where is the oversight? Um, that that and they're that, like, eh, one hundred sixty-five thousand. Eh, we just made that one hundred and sixty-five. Like, dollars. we just made it. <laughs> wow. All right, we're running a little late here, so we're going to close it with one final story. Amazon is paying customers to send receipts of purchases they made out of Amazon.com. The invitation-only Amazon Shopper Panel gives rewards to people who send in ten receipts per month and fill out short surveys. Customers who are invited can download and use a Shopper Panel app. People interested in participating can join a waitlist. For every 10 receipts uploaded by the app, shoppers earn $10, which can be applied to their Amazon balance or donated to charity. Amazon will likely use the data it collects to better understand consumer habits, which it could apply to marketing, advertising, and product development. Okay, so there's a couple things here. I think this is great for somebody. Like I have a friend who is a super shopper, and she always posts on Facebook that she goes to CVS and spends you know minus a dollar twenty nine and gets all this stuff for free. She's one of those crazy coupon ladies. This is made for the crazy coupon ladies. Yeah, hear that, mom? <laughs> right. Exactly. This is also like competing with something like Repeat Hog. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's yeah? Right. right. Receipt Hog. That was the thing. Right. Your wife was doing that, and she got me hooked on that. You just scan your receipts. It was easy peasy. And you, you get all they're doing is gathering data most of the time, and they just give you coupons or whatever. Else. Yeah. Amazon, so if you, if you, obviously is going to do something with this. Yeah. Oh, well, totally, totally. And while I don't have a problem with that per se, uh, it's it's Amazon. So be careful what you wish for is is the thing I would say there, in that you're helping Amazon put your local business out of business with the data that you're giving them. I mean, that's, that's the long game there. The short game is what, what is your privacy worth? Is your privacy worth $10? I don't care if someone sees me buying, you know, raising that's the dollar store. I really don't care. Is it worth the effort to, for the $10 for some people it might, you know, it's not a lot of money, but it's not nothing. And if you shop at Amazon, $10 is $10. I don't know. I, I'm kind of in the middle there. I just, you know, the privacy thing just kind of, I don't know. It's going to rub people the wrong way. I mean, true. I don't know. <laughs> I just, you know, this isn't like blockbuster news here. I just thought it was kind of interesting. Um, I'm taking a look at the UI here. The UI is pretty simple. They ask you your opinion. You share your receipt, ask you your opinion. They run you through a little questionnaire. Curiously, I'm on the Google Play Store. It's got a lot of negative reviews. Uh -huh. um, if you are, you know, here's one. Vanessa writes, if you have a Prime account, and really that is the only reason you use this app, all you were doing is giving Amazon more data about your behavior. Well, duh, Vanessa. You were volunteering progressively, <laughs> progressively profiling yourself and telling them how to fur further manipulate you and your buying habits. No, I do not recommend this app. <laughs> okay, oh, God. Vanessa, tell us how you really feel. And then there's a bunch of people complaining that they can't sign in, which is just people being stupid. Classic. Classic. Jeez. All right. Well, that we're at the half hour mark, so I think we'll wrap this up. I think this little experiment went well. And we are going to, like I said, we're going to try to release an episode every week. Probably come out on Friday. We'll record on Wednesday and release on Friday. But if anyone out there is listening and has a preference and says, you know, I'd rather hear it on my Monday drive or, you know, whatever, whatever your preference is, you know, hey, your it's Monday all drive in the kitchen. Say that again. Your Monday drive to the kitchen. My Monday drive. Well, there's still people commuting though. Yeah. I, you know, I, always think, I keep thinking we're back in the real world. Yeah. So if you want to listen to it in your kitchen on a Monday morning or your kitchen on a Friday afternoon, you know, you just let us know. Our social media is at Sumo Heavy. Our website is sumoheavy.com. And once again, we'll remind you to check our other podcast, In the Ring with Sumo Heavy, 
Also available wherever you get your podcasts. Does it feel good to be back, guys? Did this feel good? All right, we're back. Heck yeah. I love the sound of my own voice. I can listen to myself (laughs) talk for hours. There you go. You get a bell. All right. That is your e-commerce minute for this week. We'll see you next week. And don't forget to vote on Tuesday. 